Hey, this is Lola, but you can call me Lola if you like. Hi, this is Velisa, and you can call me Bells if you want. And this is the Everybody Hates HR podcast, episode 53. Yes. And as you can see, our setup is different because we have a very special guest. So, so special for real, boy. We have, I don't know what to, to call her because she's like jack of all trades, but wow. we have Sarah. The master of all. Literally, I love like that. that. Yeah, I like that. Mm. So we have Sarah Olongay with us here hey. in the studio. I think I might miss something out, but I'll do my list. You do right, your cool. list. So, <clears throat> oh gosh, pressure. So Sarah works in DNI, which mm. we'll get into, which is like one of the main reasons she's here. Whoop, 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 whoop. She's also an author. Per. Per. I like that per. <laughs> Um, she is also a minister at Ministries in the Church. I love that. She's also a host. <laughs> she's also, <laughs> she's also a, a businesswoman. Um, you know, Alonge Designs. Mm. Yes, Solonge Designs. Sorry, Solonge okay. Designs. Sorry, research. <laughs> um, of course, what about this? Podcaster. A podcaster. She's I've, a podcaster. Yeah. I think that's it, you know. Yeah, yeah. you sure? And apparently, do you know what? She's a like mini a, influencer like a, as well. An auntie to 10,000. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have quite a few. You're also a bit of an influencer, I'll say. Maybe a micro one. Yeah, she's I, guess like, I, would, I would. Yeah, <laughs> get some micro. I followed your Invisalign journey. Thanks. Yeah. So. Did I convert you? I mean, you. when I was doing my research, mm-hmm. I watched your TikTok a few times. Love yeah. Design yeah. for what? Invisalign. Oh, they should be paying you. They, no, they should. <laughs> I'm being serious. They should. And you know what? Yeah, because of Valisa's progress, someone I know is now gonna. So, it's you even see, it's a now. Knock on if, if effect. Even, Do you see you it? See? I love it. But Valisa's progress is mad, though. Yeah, I know. Thank you. I don't know if our listeners have actually noticed, but yes. Now you know. <laughs> 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 Right here, so, did I miss anything? You, you said everything. Okay. Yeah. I that's, think there's more to be honest. Me too. We'll, that's we'll, a lot. We'll it emerge. might just come out, but I think that's it. Okay. Does Sarah yeah. have two heads? Sarah um. has one very big head. Three <laughs> <laughs> bundles on it right now. <laughs> Is it three? Yeah. I can't it's do three. Done. My head's too small. My head. Is it? I yeah. wish my head was small. That's a nice problem to have. It's cheap. Yeah, that's true. I mm. have a small head. Well, more small full head. You do you have, have a small, small head. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a lot of agreement. <laughs> Very quick. It's like a compl- it's, it's, it's a compliment. We're all honest here. Yeah, I love it. I love that for me. I love that for me and my small head. She said, "Wow." <laughs> so before we get into it, whenever we have a guest on, we do like this or that, right, and it's cool. quick fire, so you can't think about it too all much. Right, quick. Yeah. You ready? Mm-hmm. Be self-employed or employed? Employed. Work from home or the mm, office? Actually. <laughs> <laughs> that was the quick you know what employed employed yeah okay work from home or the office the office okay public or private sector or private sector manager or individual contributor people are challenging man <laughs> individual contributor I just felt the trauma in the, in the response side hustle well, I think I know the answer to this side hustle or no side hustle oh side hustle <laughs> make lunch or buy lunch 
it depends what my weight's saying at the time. But by lunch. Okay. Mm-mm. Early start and early finish or late start and late finish? Definitely early start, early finish. Okay. Good benefits or more money? <laughs> Good benefits. Good benefits? Okay. Yeah. Work socials or stay home? Work socials. Mm. Work socials. Okay. The right work people. Yeah. But then I think because I'm conditioned because what I do to know that work socials are very important. Mm. But if I had to actually choose, like, would I rather go to a work social or stay at home? I'll stay at home. Mm-hmm. I feel you. Yeah. Um, LinkedIn or Instagram? Instagram. <laughs> coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. MacBook or Windows? MacBook. Trainers or shoes? Shoes. Wow. I feel like you're a girl's girl. That's what I got yeah. from your answers. Okay. The reason I'm probably into New Balances. New Balance 327. Okay. That's a very corporate trainer. <laughs> is What's that, that say about that, me? That, that, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what they look like. No, they're so cute. People, they're, 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 they are cute, but people, New Balance is the, mm. is the trainer of choice for for corporate London. And they're so comfortable. Like I'm. Oh no, I like, like these. No cap, they are I so like comfortable. These, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have them in grey. Oh, uh, you have them? I have grey ones yeah, as well. But I didn't realise what they oh, were okay. called. So yeah. Yeah. Very cute. So you stumbled a bit on the, or you had to rethink on the employed versus self-employed. Yeah. Why? Now being self-employed is hard. Yeah. Yeah, like employee, kind of like you know you're gonna get paid. Mm. Like you, you go you have in. Your, have your off day. Yeah, you can have your off day. When you're self-employed, there's no off day. Mm. There's no Christmas break. Mm. There's no. I just want to book a flight and travel. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I would not want to be self-employed. I feel like you would enjoy the flexibility of self-employment. I make it work now. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think you enjoy the flexibility of employment. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, you do enjoy. The flexibility. <laughs> I feel like once you get to a place in your business or whatever it is you're doing, if you're like depending on what it is, you can be flexible. But once you're building, yeah, that's what, that's what I don't think people it's understand. It's the ghetto. It's the yeah. Yeah. Like it's the building that's the. Yeah, a bit. What go you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love no, that's the stage I'm in now, and it's, it's the ghetto. I do like it sometimes, mm. but I can't wait till it's like doing the same thing. I saw this TikTok. I love TikTok. She doesn't know about obsessed. me. I spend a lot of time on TikTok, but I did see this TikTok about you know um Rihanna how the she stepped down as CEO of Fenty uh-huh. and then she put like a so that's real. Yeah. Yeah. Now she's wow. more like an ambassador. Like she's been doing a lot of the modeling. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that and I said she can never, but she she yeah, did. No, no, she yeah. Said that the and the person that she has chosen to her to replace her, her successor is a white woman. So people were like, "Oh, Rihanna gave her company to a white woman." Anyway, the TikTok person was basically saying like that's essentially not the fact that the woman's white, but that's how you want it to be. Like first you start off working, like selling mm. your time for money. Then Rihanna was doing other stuff like being a brand ambassador, yeah. or whatever. Then she became CEO. It's very still time intensive. And now she's stepping away, so she doesn't have to spend as much of her time to make the money. So they was like, this is the formula. But everyone's really upset because... She's a white woman. Yeah, and there's a... Obviously, it's still black-owned, or at least the part that Rihanna owns, she still owns. Mm, I mean, how many visible black women are there that could have done that job, though? I mean... That that would be in Rihanna's, like... Yeah, I'm so sure that they could have probably went to go look under some rocks for some... But then you, would, you don't even have to look under rocks. But I'm, I'm I'm trying to think like what was her reasoning behind it? Because I also think black people have trust issues with their companies mm. and with everything mm. with other black people. Like we've got this mentality that white is right. 
no matter how much we try to pretend like we don't, it, we, we do. And so it's easy to like ride for black people when it's not your company, when it's like you're advocating for black people yeah. to be on top in other businesses. But when it's your own, it's like, mm. okay, she's done it before. So I, I feel like her. it's just yeah, mm. about being tried and tested. Like I feel like, mm. it, I feel like it probably was easier to find a white woman who, who was visible. Mm. It was, visibly, yeah. I feel like I mean? Kim, Kim K already took the, the black woman that maybe Rihanna would have taken. That does skims with her oh, from yeah. London. Mm. Yeah. That's I'm sure true. there's others, but like, there what's to say that that's even her priority? Like, it's like everyone, the expectation, I do think the expectation is a bit mad. Mm. Like, everyone's expecting Rihanna to prioritize the fact that she's black. Yeah. Rihanna is also a billionaire. She's a billionaire. Yeah. Because when we talk about billionaires, they're talking about work, Elon work, Musk work, work, and work, be dragging them, but Rihanna is included. Yeah. It's true. So she obviously wants to look after it's her true. money and she mm. may have just chosen the person who. Obviously, she didn't go. She didn't go on LinkedIn and start searching the people yeah. herself. Also, she didn't do it on her by herself either. Like it's yeah, not just her that. decision, but it's opportunity though, because it's like you know how you're saying before is about who who does it best. But it goes back to this whole thing where like black people don't really have those opportunities to be in those positions to mm. even be brought to the table. Yeah. So some could argue like playing like devil's advocate. I'm an angel. <laughs> playing devil's advocate, some would argue that like could she not have like had someone do it for a period of time, see how they go, like an interim yeah. almost, and then step down. Yeah. Because if you don't have the opportunity mm. to excel, you will never, but no one's ever going to know you, you can do, do it. you know what? Yeah. And I feel like that's your, that's your DEI person. Yeah, it's definitely. Speaking. On but all the time. I, I agree with the premise and I, I think it probably is a good thing to do. But I also hate the fact that, the fact that she is black mm. means that she now has to, be doing additional things that other people don't have to do because yeah, she's like tax. got more pressure on mm. her. Yeah, black tax. She's got more pressure on her to now be going out of her way to go and find somebody yeah. black rather than just being able to pick anybody else. Is that, that a bad thing? I think it's it's limiting for her, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. I think it's good to obviously support like other black um, business women or whatever who who are coming up or who are already up to yeah. business if you're going to be the CEO. But I. I I feel like it's just a, another, un- mm-hmm. yeah, it's another weight yeah. that you only have to face as a black person. Yeah. Like the if the pretty little thin guys decided that they wanted to get a white when they made Molly May creative director, everyone was no saying anything. To be sincere, everyone's like, oh my gosh, Molly May. She's yeah, like so I don't yeah, think and they're, they're Asian, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. They, they just don't have the same pressure. Yeah, but mm. they made Tiana Taylor Molly May's peer in the oh, US. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I stay on the blogs. You stay on the blogs, girl. Did you see that? This is very unrelated, but did you see that thing um, again on TikTok? The scandal around um, she and when they invited those. um, I did. Basically, sorry, sorry, I'm gonna go completely left. Forget that scandal. (laughs) You know what scandal I'm gonna bring up? up? Hashtag Oracle Chambers. What's that? Listen, all the way from the US when I was there for work, I was listening. I was invested in this girl getting her money back. I was on the spaces. There's some girls, some, some She girl fell in gave, love. Yeah, she fell in love and gave 20 grand to some. Sh- <laughs> Listen, when I say that, Nigerians are some of the funniest people walking Listen, and breathing on the... We are. I was in the US. Explain, explain what happened. Yeah. Explain what happened. So, a young this girl... This nothing to do with HR. <laughs> nothing. Somehow it's a HR <laughs> <laughs> A young girl, bless her, has been saving up since she was about 16 for, yeah, for yeah. property. Yeah. And... Let's fast forward now. She's got 20K. Good for her, man. Well she done. meets a young man who is from Nigeria, but he lives in the UK mm. at this point. Mm. It's important. The Nigerian details. Yeah. And um, they, they, she falls in love with him. 
She does. Very quickly. Very, very. Within a month. One very, month. Very brief, four weeks. Love. 30 days. That's why she's like, I love that you're wondering. That's why it's important like, to know that the guy's Nigerian. <laughs> yeah. Because, especially your brother. Like, sweet mouth. It's, it's yeah. very possible. Yeah. The sweet one talk. Month. One month. Oh. And in that one month, he asked for money. It must, but it would have been the best month of her life if she was with The him. best month. Well, she, she showed us Definitely the WhatsApp screenshots. Sweet. <laughs> and she lent him 20k which he said he would pay her back 20,000 great british pounds yeah it was pounds it wasn't naira and she went to twitter because he didn't well, he didn't give her back her 20,000 pounds but because of the 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 drag that was happening all these people got involved from mm. literally from all the way from nigeria to mm. peckham mm. were all in this space there was at one point people yeah. i saw like 12k in this one space on twitter like mm. global all trying to figure out how are we going to get this girl her money uh, but back. you know what that's that's community thinking and i love that for her yeah and then shout out olua blanco <laughs> who would have thought who that got she her, her 17k <laughs> She would have been. She was the HR in the situation. She, she was literally the, the HR. I told you the HR is you. <laughs> Listen, she got her the seventeen k back over a weekend when banks aren't even open, which is another story. Where, what I don't understand is why, why were they counting cash like that? I don't know. Why are you hiding the money in cash? Was you was he buffing in it? I mean, guy, she's just one of many. She's one of many victims. Yeah, yeah. Then loads of victims came forward oh, to say like, me too, yeah, me too. You know, I'm a true, I'm a true crime person, and I love a good romance scam. You like I didn't love them, but I love hearing about them. And usually it's old, she likes old women. Yeah, <laughs> it's old women. How old is she? Was, she was twenty one. Yeah, but yeah, some of them are so ridiculous. They'll be like, "Oh, I was in the army. I'm an army veteran." Um, I need yeah, but this shouldn't be the, happening to our young. Do you know how smart you have to be to even think at sixteen that I need to start saving for a property so for for a man to now come? This is what's scary. And you're, take you're that. Smart enough to save for a property, but stupid enough to give it to him within a month. A month, crazy. Not even an installment. Someone asked you. Why 20K. is somebody? Why does someone need twenty k for Let me tell you something. At least I've known for how long. Oh gosh, okay. over ten years. Yeah. Ask him for twenty k. <laughs> no, ask him for twenty k, please. I need to understand. Like, please. you know, I'm not gonna doing? run. No, but <laughs> even if I had a twenty k, I'm not even giving you ten percent. No, but there's there's something that they're like, oh, um, there was. I saw a tweet which is basically like, we give men or in romantic relationships, Facts. we give so much more than we would give to our friends. Facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our we, tolerance even is even a lot forgive, higher. Yeah. Yeah. Love. Even the way we we forgive, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. if your friend says, oh, I'm cutting you off, but then a man a man can do all sorts of things to you, and your mm. tolerance will be all the way up here. But that's yeah, what yeah. But that that was a good. T- I did, it, there's been lots of the, the internet's really been giving the last time. <laughs> really, it's really a good place for between justice, Kiki Palmer, Jonah Hill, <laughs> Sheehan taking the influencers to the fake factory in China. Yeah, like, and now they're facing a Rico. <laughs> there's just all this stuff. So she did what? Sheehan. Oh yeah, they, I missed that. That's what the, the people are saying. It's fake factory. So basically. She got a bunch of influence from the US to go to China. Um, and they were like, this is what the factory's really like. She is the place where people were literally sewing into the garments. Right, Help the garment. me. <laughs> 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 so but you know, they're going to court now. Why? They've got a big Rico case. I'm calling it a Rico, but yeah, it's, they've got a high just court oh, case okay. going on to do with their, they could shut down completely, basically. Oh, really? Yeah. They're not going yeah, to, Yeah, they took these influencers and yeah, they will like, find oh, a way. so nice here. The people, they had all these, uh, who those are influencers are actors. dumb. They're greedy. Yeah. They're no, all greedy. They're paid actors. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are, so, when people are so, sewing help me into the clothes, yeah, people probably have limited, with limited English, they probably learned that to sew it into the clothes. No, man. And you think people are having a good time. But yeah, the internet's really been giving. They have. Give what needs to give. Yeah. I have. So Sarah, yes. tell us about like 
We digress. Because I'll end up talking about TikTok for a long time. What I what I wanted to ask, that like, is number one, how did you get into doing DEI yeah. work? And also, like, I know there's a lot of people mm. who, like, a lot of people that listen to the podcast, mm. and a lot of people that I've spoken to who say they want to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think that it'll be good to and for them to understand like how you, we got here. Yeah, no, that's that's a good question. So I've been working in the diversity, equity and inclusion space from when it was diversity, equality and inclusion because, you know, it's kind of changed over yeah. time. So to be honest, I think I got into it by mistake because I came out of uni. What did you study at uni? I studied social policy and then I did a master's in political communications. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in an ideal world, I was going to be rewriting policies. You know, education was like my big you can, thing. You can do that in HR. <laughs> no, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, because, yeah. I get to that <laughs> but um that was like my ideal world like rewriting policies working in the government I did that for a bit I'll, I'll go to that in a second but how I got this job was there was an opportunity the cabinet office were doing NCS I don't know if you've heard of that national citizen service so they essentially wanted to do you know like youth service in Nigeria they wanted to roll that out for all youth in England and Wales when was this this was in 2012 that's okay. when it was launched but it wasn't it wasn't mandatory so in nigeria it's mandatory here yeah. it was optional and apparently they used to do it back in the day yeah. so because it was a cabinet office pro- pro- um, program it was working with young people for me it was like a good way to kind of get in mm-hmm. to like working in cabinet office and doing mm-hmm. that kind of stuff so i i was um they had a number of different centers that did mm-hmm. it so the center that i went to was elevation network so where, where i met you oh uh, uh, yeah we worked together yeah so yeah. that's where i met met you so when we were doing it like i just I obviously enjoyed it, kind of like, you know, did a lot of consultation, I would say, with the government, what's working well, what's not working well, because the plan was that it will go on a, like a one-week residential away from home, life skills, mm. then they'll have to do like a community project. So it was like really good, but I'm working with employers as well. And you're right? working yeah. with employers as well, so you get you get exposure to employment, exposure to community, and obviously going away from home and everything. And then for me, the part I enjoyed was like working with like the cabinet office to kind of rewrite the program or, and whatever, which was in my mind. Yeah, I was going to do that bare. Yeah, I did like three times. It's quite sad. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, so that's how I started working for a youth employment charity. That their whole focus was like diversity in the workplace social mobility race and whatnot so when they stopped doing ncs i was in my master's and they offered me a job there um as an account manager so that's how i met because i was at deloitte and we were i was leading the multicultural network at deloitte and we were doing some programs like some employability program basically like getting people in and like work experience so we did a one-week program yes yeah i designed that program yeah, and like we definitely yeah. yeah rolled that program in other places. Well. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great program. But yes, yeah, so I started working there, and I realized that I really enjoyed like working with like corporates to get this done. Like, yeah. So like we had loads of clients. My accounts range from like Barclays, Deloitte, then also the government as well, mm. and also charities too. So it was like okay, I really enjoy this, but listen, I just spent like almost fifteen k on my masters in plus comms. Like, let me try and do something else yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. so i started working for uh agency and our main clients was the labor party Mm. so it was actually like i loved it until i hated it i was working no no cab i was working until 11 p.m every day like you know when they have to like give you a Mm. cab home Mm. and then i also started working there pre the um 
pre-Brexit, so Brexit was a massive campaign, and same with um, uh, Sidi Khan's London mayoral mm-hmm. um, election. So it was just such a busy, busy time. Then in the end, like when Labour lost the elections that year, my role got made redundant. Yeah, they only made lots of cuts. They made a lot of cuts because they pumped in all this money to, for mm. the campaigns because my role was obviously campaigns. Yeah. So funny enough, the people that I was campaigning for, like Liz Kendall and all these other people, they won. But it didn't matter. Like, yeah. you know, Sadiq Khan won. Like, yeah. you know, but it just didn't matter. So my role got made redundant. And I was like, okay, what do I like doing? And the one thing that just kept coming up was DEI. Like, even in that role, my biggest thing was, like, old people. And that obviously falls in DEI kind of age. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they change the, the way we vote. And so I was so passionate about, you know, people who are elderly you know people from low socioeconomic backgrounds like I was just shouting DEI Mm -hmm. the whole time I was there so um from that I just started applying for DEI roles um then I got my job at the Lord Society I was there for like six or seven years and then just carried on working with DEI Mm. since then lovely Mm. and for people who are looking to get into DEI now Mm -hmm. like what do you think the route like what does the route look like? Because you did it like when you got into it. Yeah, it was still relatively kinda, new. It was very yeah. new. Like, to be fair, it wasn't even called like my role at the Law Society was a policy advisor. Mm. Okay. Like it wasn't even called DEI because most companies weren't even trying to hire like yeah. a DEI person. It was kind of like oh HR, we want you to look after that. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, I would say first, first of all, my DMs are full. The moment I mention I work in DEI, I get loads of messages. Oh my gosh, I'd really like to do that. Blah blah blah. And like people are like, how do you get into it? And if I'm being honest with you, I think I've had the most unconventional route to it. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have to do any professional courses. I literally got there for experience. So I couldn't even tell you, but I think from other people's experience, a lot of them actually start in HR. Yeah, and then that's they segue true. into DEI. Yeah. Um, you know, they work in HR, they do a bit of L and D, it's always a route, L and D and then DEI. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and they very quickly realised that wow, my, my L and D budget was way more than my DEI budget. Like I'm having to do a lot more work with less mm. money mm-hmm. and resources, but you have to be passionate about it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, what does a, a day in DEI look like? What does it look like? Um, It varies. So currently, I'll tell you what my day was like today. My day today was budgets. Um, But yeah, my my budget got... (laughs) Actually, actually, let me not even say it because that's how my manager watches the piece. I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, a day can be anything from... So I work at a law firm. So I do everything from client requests. So we have clients who want to know how diverse our panels are. They want Mm. to... So when they say panels, like who are the actual lawyers working on our case mm-hmm. like and most times mm. Mm. Let me law yeah. firms are, i find a lot of law firms or at least like the big kind of magic circle yeah. ones they're they are at least good at the reporting the numbers but are terrible now now the they're like really want to know okay great reporting but we want to know like who's actually working how many mm. billables are they doing on this because they want to know that you're not just a part of the firm but you're actually on the panel you're actually getting real work from this mm. You know, so that can be anything from like. They want to know how many hours, so you can't just put like a black person some, on it to one hour. Some <laughs> clients genuinely want to know how many hours, and that's long. I'm telling you, that's because you have to go to accounts. Yeah, you have to like it's really, and then obviously there's data protection. It's long, so sometimes it's like an easy request. Just run a, do something through HR, run the system. There's some people, you know, 
And sometimes it's those really granular things, like they want to know how many hours. So I can do anything from, from client requests, anything from like reviewing policy, do a lot of like comms as well. So comms, external comms, internal comms. You do external comms? So I work with our marketing team. See, that's the thing. When, when I say passionate, it wasn't a part of my role. Yeah. But I was very tired of some of the things, you know, in, in my previous organisation, um, their comms was very one way. So you kind of want people to be attracted to your company, yeah, yeah, yeah. but your comms isn't diverse. Mm. So I inserted myself in my previous company. Yeah, so yeah. when I came here, it was kind of like, oh yeah, like I'm quite good with this. Yeah. So that we have like a whole comms team who are great, but I've kind of like... But you need it. You need yeah, somebody where, to be like... You know, you see all these big kind of scandals mm-hmm. or dumb things that company have, have yeah, done. Yeah, they like, just needed like, that one person. One, one person, person in the room person. to be like, yeah, this is dumb. Like, like, who did you run that by? Do you know what? Yeah, this advert comes on when Love Island's on for Pampers. Yes. And it's called Punami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, who yeah. thought of yeah. that? And who approves? Yeah. Pu- Do you know what that means to different like yeah, yeah, what it sounds, it sounds like? Sounds like, like, what yeah. the hell? Yeah. Like, why did you, you think that was okay for a children's they, 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 they don't care. She just needs because, one person. The people, that, the people that they want to buy it, they don't care. Punami. Yeah, like tsunami, punami. No, no, no. Also like punami. Yeah, yeah like punami. Yeah. Even comparing it to tsunami is like, it's, still a, it's, it's a bit insensitive, isn't it? Like, come on. Like. <laughs> For pampa. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, who, thought, who said, yeah, do you know what? Yeah, that's it. Like, that, that's what we're going to go with. Like, yeah. I think it's mad. No, it is mad. But yeah, sometimes it's just that having that one person. Yeah. And then the recruitment as well. So like, essentially, I don't do any recruitment, but I can work with our recruitment to make sure that, you know, if they are having someone who needs like accessibility needs, whatever, mm-hmm. I can support mm-hmm. with that. I've written a few policies for our recruitment team, kind of like sense check some ads mm-hmm. as well, because that also needs to be sense check for like, mm-hmm. you know, gender decoders and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it really does vary. Um, and of course, there's the events part, which I think everyone thinks DEI is just mm. running an event for Black History Month and International Women's Day. And, you know, funnily enough, my role is very much kind of like allowing the committees to do that and just making sure mm. that that all kind of goes well. Yeah. What are your thoughts on kind of employee resource groups, networks, or whatever you want to call them? Sorry, mm. before we get there, can I ask a question related yeah. to how do you balance mm-hmm. your own personal? views mm. on versus what a company needs so like mm. how do you you know you can see for example not this is just an example because i don't mm. know what your workplace looks like you can see majority of lawyers are white for example yeah, yeah. and you as a black person are thinking i want more black people here mm. but you also need to focus on i need more women here yeah i need more people who are you know of a certain sexuality mm. or blah, blah blah how do you balance what you actually mm-hmm. you know are pa- genuinely yeah. passionate about mm-hmm. as a, a dei professional versus mm-hmm. what is actually expected of you mm. that's a good point i think you have to get to a point where you make what you're passionate about the passion of the company within reason so sometimes a company thinks they want something right maybe off the basis of media like oh george floyd okay we need to start doing x mm-hmm. y and z mm-hmm. but do you actually need that like some companies were taking it so far that they didn't actually realise that they already had a lot of black resource. They just needed to make sure that they were training them to be promoted. Mm. So the issue wasn't getting more black people in. Mm. It's about the ones you have in. What like how doing? What are you doing yeah. to upskill them? So I think sometimes it's really about, I can have my own views that yes, like 
sorry, I love data. So like 17% of lawyers in England and Wales are from a black, Asian, ethnic minority group. That sounds proportionate, but only 3% of those people are black, despite the fact that black people make up one of the highest numbers, especially in London, mm. of law students. Oh, really? I was oh, going really? to say, wow. a lot of that does sound proportionate, but then whenever you look at where these law firms exactly. are, they love to do that, oh, across the UK, it's proportionate. Exactly. But then when we find out you're in London, Manchester, Birmingham, Bristol, yep. and it's that's not the population of those places 100%. that you're in. Or even in comparison to the people who are actually studying and actually getting the training Into, contracts. Yeah. And then also, and that, this is no shade towards smaller firms or to high street firms, but these people that you're saying are, are in the profession, they're not in the magic circle firms. Mm. They're not in the big city firms. They're yeah. not. Do you know what I mean? And that's because they're being rejected by these firms. Mm. So sometimes it's kind of like working with the companies to like look at, okay, you think this is important, but actually, like, why is it that our turnover rate is so high? because you keep hiring the same people mm. like you keep doing the same thing so but if you don't have data and you're not speaking money in the corporate world mm. it means nothing mm-hmm. so you've got to yeah. be willing to like really i think it's the most like um soul destroying thing to <laughs> to sit in a room having to convince someone why they should do that's why i could never work in deal. i can yeah. do dni things as part of being a generalist mm. But to sit, you know what you're saying, if, if the money's not there, for me, and I've done it, like, when, yeah. especially when I was a lawyer, I did loads of it, sit in a room with some partner or some MD or something and have to explain to them why it's important. Yeah. Because you have to okay. have a certain amount of patience. Me, there's times where I just want to close my laptop and leave this room because why am mm. I here? I'm trying to explain to you why Facts. you should hire, like, hire them because it's fair and because we're all people and because we deserve Facts. to have opportunity. Like, I don't want to sit there and having to explain to you, oh, yeah, you know. There's just all the studies show that diverse companies make more money. Uh, like I hate that. Yeah, no, it's, it's you true. have. To, that's why you have to be passionate about it. Because if you're not, like, you just want to fight everybody. <laughs> you have to. And you know what? I say a lot of interesting things about Gen Z, but they make it easier. They actually make DI easier because they are the most. Like they're not tolerant for nothing. And I love that for them. I love that for them. They they will leave, they don't like it. They will ask you in your interviews how diverse is your company. Mm-hmm. This is a, a white man, a white twenty year old boy will ask you, So how diverse is your company? Like, that's never that. never happened before. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like now also the clientele and the people who are gonna use your use your resources, that's also changing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of law firms they're finding themselves like having like million millionaire youtubers as clients mm. things that just wasn't the case before and mm. those people aren't white i love yeah. that that makes Private me school. laugh that imagine you know imagine I mean? like what's that guy obviously not him but what's the the, the ice by speed whatever his name oh, is speeds <laughs> <laughs> i could just imagine one of those sorts of youtubers and they're just asking can you imagine they actually don't care because they have they have the money and you need this it. Is it and money speaks though and and, and i don't want to make it seem like they don't get me wrong some companies some people they genuinely care mm. but when all else fails in dei money. it's the money mm. it's the money that will make you say listen you've got to invest the reason why the women agendas become so big is because women make up the the majority of the workforce mm. in mm. across all sectors and women are aging in the workforce all of a sudden you're hearing them speak about menopause why? Because of we now have four generations in the work, workforce and the ones who are the most senior who are women are going, are going through, through menopause. menopause. Yeah, yeah, so like, yeah. How do we support them? And they're not they're, afraid now to speak about it because we have like, it. when it was just you, but now like you and your mate, you're in there, this suffering is it. your hot flush together. It's become a thing. Yeah. 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 And, and because now these women have been there long enough, back in the day, a lot of them would have probably left mm-hmm. and taken on a different role to, to mm-hmm. look after their homes. Yeah. Or, like or things are changing. Yeah. And also you look at things like the professional 
professional services such as like things that you still need degrees for right so like being a lawyer being a doctor being an accountant being an engineer all those things that you still need degrees for understand and believe that black people are in universities more than white people Mm. so the same way how the gender conversation is becoming a bigger thing in the workplace the race conversation is going to have to become a bigger thing because you're going to have to employ these people because that's who you've got do you know what I mean? So mm. it's annoying that it isn't at a point where we're kind of like, listen, these are people, they can do the work. Mm. But I don't think society is fully there. I think oh, no, I think the sure dollar not. sign still speaks more. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Mm. 100%. It's, you can see it in everything that happens. Yeah. Like it's, But to your point, like about the Gen Z person mm. who is a, a white guy mm. still asking about diversity. Mm. This is kind of like a side note, but... I saw um, clips from Wireless Festival mm. and they, the narrator says, oh, this is for black music, blah, blah, blah. I could barely spot a white, a black person in the crowd. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's people like the Dexter Dapses and mm. the Popcorns and the, mm. all these people performing. I could not see. A, so mm. like they're all, they're all embracing the culture. Yeah. Like the, Culture now is classed as like urban or whatever. It's black. Mm. The inspiration mm. is black. Mm. It's black. So people like that mm. who I'm not saying that he's necessarily immersed in black culture, but he's mm. definitely more exposed to it yeah. than his his parents would have been yeah, yeah. or Facts. that his older brother would have been. It's Facts. completely mm. different. It's cool now. Like yeah. you've literally got people Look at Love Island. Like, literally. Look Perfect at, example. I don't even watch Love Island, Island, but I just saw rare black people. What is, and this is Love Island London. Not not <laughs> only not only is it diverse this year, they are being themselves. Like what yeah. I'm hearing, I'm hearing them speak yeah, like yeah. they're speaking to their friends. Yeah, yeah. And before there was a lot more code switching going on. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. this this Gen Z, they're all going, he's like, I'm telling man, blah blah blah. I'm like, excuse me. This is ITV. Yeah, they have. They have been complaining They said oh, this is straight out I of Compton. To listen to people speaking like this, like they don't even like the Because they're so far removed, they don't know that's actually the norm. Yeah, it's that's not vernacular. Like, yeah, really. yeah. So when they're speaking Cockney, no one says anything. They no, but an, oh, if someone's from Manchester, or whatever, they say, "Hey, up." Yeah, no, no one says them. nothing. Like it's fine. <laughs> but, call me, London, call, call me chip but if you say it broski, which what is saying. what's been going on, it's an issue. Yeah, exactly. I love it though. I, I love, I love people just being able to be like authentically themselves. I just remembered my question. What ERG one? On yeah, mm-hmm. on ERGs. Yeah, and that's, I, I say this. I have my own thoughts. So this mm. is a very leading question. But what are your thoughts on ERGs and employees' role in ERG versus the company role in the ERG? So funny enough, we literally just ran some training about like what is your role and what we had to get an external person in. And I think if certain people saw <laughs> some of the material, they'd have been like, nah. Because essentially, I was saying to you that it's not your job. Like you're doing this on a volunteer on a voluntary on a voluntary basis so there are certain things i think there has to be boundaries so my personal views are if you are joining the erg like you've got to be passionate about that particular mm. like topic whatever it is you've got to be passionate about it yeah mm. um and you've got to be willing to give up your time for it because you're going to pull it in your appraisal mm. you're going to pull it you know some companies even remunerate you depending mm. on where you work so you're going to pull it in there so you've got to be willing to give up some of your time having said that I think there needs to, um, employers have to understand that their time is literally their time. So you've got to quantify it in the sense that, okay, this person's maybe going to give up a few hours mm. every quarter. As you opposed have to set to, that expectation, what it looks like. You have to. And that's one of the things I'm doing keynote. now. Yeah, yeah, facts. I'm trying to do it now because we've got some people who end up just doing it a lot. 
Some people do nothing. Mm. But the reality of the situation is like, when you put all of the pressure on your ERGs, it takes responsibility away from the company. Yeah, but that, I think some companies love that. And some companies do love that. And yeah. I think it's a very easy way for them to not budget the way they need to budget. Do you understand mm. that to get an actual DEI person, and also when it just falls on the ERGs, it becomes a very events based. And I'm so I, I, listen, Good, I love it. Yeah. Like let's celebrate Black History Month, let's celebrate International Women's Day. But DEI is way more than just throwing an event. Mm. Like there's no point throwing an event about the culture of Black people full of a room full of white people. Mm. And not because the black people don't want to come, but because black people aren't there. Mm. Like they're not a part of the organisation. Like it's a matter to me. Mm. Thankfully, I've been quite fortunate. That I've, I've not worked in places per se where that's been an issue like that. Mm. But, you know, if it if it falls too much on ERGs, then your challenge is going to remain your challenge because yeah. they've got they, they've got their own. And yeah. I work in the legal sector, so they've got billable hours. Yeah. You know, they're not... Billable hour, Yay. DI, mm. like what's winning? Do you know what I mean? But I think mm. that's what happens. Because I think a lot of time, because it is passion driven, mm. it's like people will do it and they'll find time to do it side they'll of desk time. or to do like a little bit more. And I do think some companies get away with having very, very active ERGs, which is great. Yeah. But it does take the pressure off them. So they're maybe not doing what they should be doing. Yeah. Because they have the ERG to fall back on. Like there's companies, for instance, when it comes to Ramadan, they don't do anything, but their Muslim network will pick up the mm. slack for what they should be doing. And I don't think that's right. Or like it comes to pr- it comes to like June and your sudden, LGBT, LGBT network, network is like is doing, doing everything. everything. Yeah, You're yeah, not yeah. doing anything but change your your logo to a flag on LinkedIn. Like mm. I just I don't. That takes a lot of work, that. by the way. <laughs> that takes a lot of work to change all the logos, I'm, and it's an absolutely pointless activity. Hand on heart, it takes way more work than it should. You have to get so much sign off. But really, I think it's the most. I think it's the most like pointless from the first of Jane to the 30th yeah, of Jane it's, so, it's performative yeah. it's so performative like obviously I'm not saying that all companies that do it are not about it mm. if you're about it why do you need like I just feel like it's performative now it's like in the social media calendar that like, you have to change everything to mm. rainbow one, like it's just mm. it's just and then listen come first of July you're gonna rip that thing down Literally, everything <laughs> dark yeah. again as much as I feel like it's performative I think also it's kind of like it's raising awareness at that time and everyone's raising awareness. So, you know, it, it has to be more than just the logo. It has mm. to be like, okay, you put the logo up. Okay, what is it? Like, what is Pride Month? Mm. Like, you ask some of these people what is Pride Month, they have no idea. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You ask people what's Black History Month, they have no idea. Mm. They don't know what it is. So if 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 the whole country or the whole world, actually, because Pride is June everywhere, is speaking about this one thing, then the idea is that there's education, there's mm. advocacy, there's change going on here that's supposed to trickle on, and then the next Pride month, in the next year, you're mm. supposed to look at how far you've come, yeah. so on and so forth. That's just not the it reality. It has to be more than the logo. It has to be way more than the logo. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's, with Pride specifically, mm. it just feels like a massive marketing campaign. It, it's, mm. it, it reminds me of, you know Barbie right now? Yeah. See how Barbie Listen, is? Listen, I want to watch Barbie. Oh, I'm watching it. I'm like, going to watch Barbie. I need to get my niece and um, we need to get pink outfits. It's for 12 plus, you know? She can come. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know fine. that. I thought it was for children. children. Plus, but plus is fine though, no? When it's plus, as long as you go with an adult. You can't do that to the kids. But let me tell you what you're saying. So just on Barbie, yeah. Let me tell you the difference between Barbie. I'm going to give you an example. See the little mermaid, yeah? Mm. That was the equivalent of the ERG during the work because that was really all Halle Bailey. 
yeah. It really Barbie was. is the equivalent of the company doing the work. Oh my god! Like the marketing so that true. they're doing, it's mad. It's intense, it's and I love crazy. it. It's I'm gonna everywhere. go. I'm gonna wear pink. Yeah. I have to. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Little mermaid. There was really black people that carry that thing, you know. And it's Halle Bailey. It's all the little kids they showed, all the little black girls they showed reacting to seeing her as mermaid. That's what what. But Barbie is carrying Barbie. Like you type in Margot Robbie's name now on Google, everything turns pink on your page. Yeah, Google will go pink. Your logo will go pink. <laughs> no, I wonder Same. what their budget was. Did they have one? Yeah, yeah. This better be this better be good, you know. Imagine if it's, it's beyond that because it's it's done what it needs to do yeah, already. Yeah, that's also, right. Easter raising the stars. Always gonna go watch it. Yeah, yeah they made a presence. We've already bought yeah. how many yeah. Literally. I've bought so many Barbies in the past. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a it's a thing. It's but a yeah, thing it, it reminds me, like, when I see the rainbow campaigns everywhere of all these... Because all these companies have jumped on Barbie. Boohoo has a line. ASOS has a line. Yeah. Like, it's it's all to, to show that you have some sort of... Affiliation. Exactly. Affiliation and it's it, yeah. the same thing with rainbow. You want to show that yeah. you have some affiliation. But deep down, like... Do you, actually you don't know you don't know Margot. yeah like you've you've just just planned you don't know ryan you've literally planned your campaign for the month from first to the end and that's it it's just it's just done yeah it's the same it just feels so performative it is that's exactly how pride is and that's why like even black history month black history month isn't it it's even worse we don't even get no fists anywhere i wish it was as performative i wish it was anyway this year we'll get our coins believe that I'm gonna make this a real, um, and I'm gonna save it. The way we make our coins, yeah. I'm gonna. If you see bring us talking, if you see us talking, talking, talking at everything, <laughs> listen. Just black money like your month. business. <laughs> I even have to do two. It's a beautiful working in a global company. Wow. Twice. Oh, in February and in October. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but yeah, I do. Black well, we should. We yeah. should. But I agree with the ERG stuff, though. I think a lot of it is performative. But I also think I'm gonna. It's shade. I don't care. Like I also think the actual members in ERGs are also can be quite performative as well, because depends who they are. Depends who they are. Someone uh, it depends who they are. Like you know how you every well most most times when you have ERG groups they have a sponsor yeah and they usually have really like visible allies or whatever. That's one side of the performativeness that I see a lot. It's like I'm gonna attach myself to Mm. this group. Mm because now it's like they'll look at me a certain way yeah. so i've kind of added to my the value yeah, and contribution yeah, yeah. to my role but then i think they never the, do it silently they, they never, never do it silently but you know what show up they never they never pave the way no, 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 no. things in the background no, it's never silent but i'm not mad at it you know why i'm not mad at it if you are a sponsor you're actually sponsoring <clears throat> yeah like yeah. if you're actually like okay i've seen you sponsor and you're actually taking these people under your wing and you're putting them forward for these roles because the truth of the matter is when it comes to dei you need that white influential man because he's the one that's going to speak for you in the rooms that you're not in yet mm. so if you're a sponsor and you're doing it for your own profile but in the in as you're doing it for your own profile someone else's profile yeah. is getting boosted Let, let's all let's and, all win and together. you know what yeah a sponsor has to actually a sponsor needs to be confident enough to be a sponsor yeah because i've worked with sponsors you know a lot of time if there's like a black network mm. or an asian network that anybody who knows might know exactly what I'm talking about anyone who's worked with these people but you know when you have a sponsor who's not even confident enough themselves mm, to, be, know what to sponsor doing. themselves yeah. Yeah. so like for instance let's say you're um, for instance when I led the network that I was leading before one of the sponsors that we had definitely was not confident enough so 
they were never going to put their neck out to do anything. Yeah. Because again, a lot of the time they get sponsors. It really, really should be a white man because, you know, they're the most audacious. They but are. But when you put like an, a black man or a black woman or an Asian woman or an yeah. Asian man, they're just not going to put... Because they also they're fear for themselves. for themselves. Exactly. They're, yeah. So when you put them there, they're not like, they can't really sponsor anything. Yeah, no, they can't. Mm. Not, not any of them, but these some of them, that like, they're just not confident enough to yeah. in their own blackness, their own Asianness. No, I had the opposite, you know. We had some... At Meta, we had like black directors who were sponsors and like they, but they were too vocal to the point it ended up in like disciplinary action. No, yeah, like because like, it's tech, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that was, that was I saw this TikTok. No, I'm gonna say you this TikTok if you haven't seen it. Have you seen that TikTok about uh um that guy who makes working in tech? His oh whole, yeah, his whole personality. Yeah, like, like, oh, oh, where are you from? Where are you from? Yeah, where you from? Like the so whole I'm personality. Really, I'm not really from anywhere in particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Working tech. <laughs> I like saw it. Metaverse, mate. I saw it, but yeah, like it was the it was the opposite where they yeah, yeah. there was. But it was like, why are they getting in trouble for actually speaking? How mm. we, we want people yeah, to speak yeah. up yeah, for yeah, these yeah. groups. So it was a bit techie. But mm. the other side of like the performativeness I was going to talk about was from the actual group of individuals. Mm. Like how? So. <sighs> Now I'm just gonna sound like a sound like it. You don't mind. <laughs> Honestly. I'm in so intrigued. Honestly. When the company aren't doing what they need to do for mm. the ERG group, the, the the actual people who have that characteristic start to view the group in a different way. And it no longer becomes something that's of community and building, mm. but then they also try to use it to their advantage. Mm. But by doing that, they lose that community element. For people who what, actually when, genuinely joined, because they it for their own profile. Listen, you know I, I mean? there was some idiots in the I'm, in the black hat group that I was part of, mm. like, and it was like everything was. I just need to get here. Mm. I yeah, need, yeah. To, but you've forgotten why this why? group yeah, exists, yeah, 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 yeah. and it was so disappointing that it was coming from the black people who I'm expecting to actually build everyone up yeah, within yeah, the community yeah, yeah. so that people will join. Like people didn't want to join because you, certain people need, are toxic. You yeah. Those, and the thing is that as an, I know for me, um, when I've had like ERG, especially when I was at Deloitte, when I first joined, I didn't know, like, I just, I just thought, where's all the black people? Yeah. And then not until I found like, they were too scared at the time to have a black network. So we had a multicultural network. They have a black network now since 2020 in George Floyd. Mm-hmm. But of course, yeah, 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 yeah and, and they got a black action plan, yeah, yeah but whatever. So, um, I until I found that group, mm. I was I felt so lost. Like when I I used to go to like events or meetups, I felt like it was respite from having to pretend to be someone else the mm. whole time, the whole time, and. Like, so people need it. So when you come and start trying to corrupt it for your own personal mm. game, it's actually... It's horrible, yeah. yeah it's, it's horrible. It is. And like you said, people just won't want to come. They just want to yeah. be a part of it. Do you know what? The worst thing that ever happened, yeah, like, I always say, even I had a really good time at Deloitte. Like, mm. for my career, it was really good. But some of the stuff I experienced there, was it was mad. So um, we had, you know, they have, what was it? Um, is it like HSBC or somebody... They do some, you know, these lists of mm. like the power. Oh, it was a, some, some power list or something. Power list. And so much of the stuff that we did from the network, partners or other senior people who had had like tangential relationships with mm. us used it to leverage themselves. So I remember there was one person who was on some list as like, you know, ethnic minority leader. And it had said that she had an active role in this network. And when I tell you, we asked her to speak at an event and she declined. 
And she ended up, the first time, and she ended up speaking at one of the, we put on these breakfasts and these webinars. She spoke at one webinar. And in her bio, that the, obviously the firm had put together, they was like, she has an active role in, you know, supporting people from BAME backgrounds and she plays an active role in this network. And I literally Yuck. looked at it, like someone sent it to me and like somebody else in the network, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even speak. I was so angry. And I remember I sent it on to someone who worked in the inclusion team and I was like, what is this bullshit? And they was like, oh yeah, like they, they, they just said nothing. And I was like, it's so sad. So you called it out and no one said anything. No, there, was nothing, there was nothing to say because it was so blatant that you couldn't, no, no one was ever going to apologize. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it was so blatant. And also one of the sponsors we had is like, and this is to say that you can't be like black, like black people and Asian people and be a Tory, but she's a raging Tory. Like she, like you know, people the people that you'll set they'll stand next to a politician on LinkedIn and be like, "So glad to be invited to Rishi Sunak's this." Yeah. And but she's so far in the back, yeah, that Rishi is an aunt in her picture. Yeah. You see what I mean? Like yeah. it's so beggy, and that's exactly the kind of person that she is. And she's been, um, she got an MBE. Mm. This particular person, she got an MBE for all the work that she did that she didn't do. That she didn't do crazy you know how scary that is that's though. crazy it's why people can't take it seriously yeah yeah like it, it, and if that's people crazy watching it will make them want to like opt out yeah. yeah it's like you know when you get like sorry sarah how do you feel about bame i don't i don't know what that is <laughs> period when i start saying bame i say who's that yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just don't i don't i don't get it i've never subscribed to it but i think pre-2020 we just kind of conformed because it was like all right. But then I think when I started working like at the Law Society and I had to really dissect that data and I was like, you people are putting us in a category that makes it seem like things are so much better than, than it are. is. Like yeah. I remember working with a firm and I went to be fair, they've changed their name now because they had a merger. And they literally did a whole press release about how good their BAME intake was. Mm. And actually it was fantastic. The head of DEI called me, she was like, Sarah, we have not one black person. Not one black person that intake of trainees this year, wow. but we've just been literally in, pr- in the press because of BAME. Mm. And I was just like, the issue, and I've had this issue. I remember that was in 2017. And I remember just sitting there thinking, this is just BS. Like, we are hiding behind this terminology, and it makes it seem as if black people are doing better than they are. They're not. Mm. So when 2020 came and everyone was, you know, I'm not BAME, I was like, yep, I'm happy because finally the narrative was the same. Mm. It was finally like, listen, I am a black woman, I'm not mm. a BAME woman. I just think, mm. it's a, I just think, I actually feel so disrespected by it. For a number of reasons, for exactly what you said, ridiculous. But also, like, in it never benefits us. Like the same thing happened when I was at Deloitte. Like Ever. they used to talk about they were really bad in terms of like BAME partners in general. I think they were like four percent or something. But even into, up until the time I left, they had never had a black partner. But obviously, you'll never say that. You'll just say, "Oh, we're only four yeah. percent or five percent yeah. BAME." But also. Like when you start doing stuff like having a BAME network, mm. it's it's so counterproductive because obviously anti from a, me as a black person, I know that anti blackness is not just perpetrated by white, white people. people. Yeah, like <sighs> so putting me in a network <laughs> to try and solve my problem yeah. with people, people who are oppressing me yeah. I'm is not, crazy. Doesn't make sense. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna say what demographic, but I has more all lives matter from non-white people than I did from white people. Yeah. And yeah. I'll just put it out there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, had I mean, I mean, a lot I of used that. To, one of my friends, and we used to live together, she's, she's half Ghanaian and half Indian. And she is like the biggest, she'll be the first person to tell you that there's a lot of anti-blackness in the Asian community. Yeah. And any Asian who like, 
is not going to lie. We'll know that. It doesn't mm. mean that every Asian is anti-black. But there's a lot of anti-blackness in the community. Absolutely. They have even anti-caste, like, they did even within themselves. Even within themselves. Like, yeah. And, and yeah. It's, it's mad because even when we start talking about Asian, I remember someone I used to work with who's Bangladeshi, they were like, specify. Because they're yeah. like, my experience as a Bangladeshi is different from his experience as an Indian yeah. person. Yeah. And it just makes you realise that, like, the issues are so deep that you cannot categorise people yeah. in one group. Even within black like the experience of a black Caribbean person is very different in the workplace experience mm. of a black African person just because of maybe their maybe everything from surname to qualifications yeah so the surname thing might work in your favor as a Caribbean background, generation Do you understand history, Gen- here, history. Yeah. but then when it comes to like if you're looking at education and qualifications then obviously black African yeah. is you what, know, we, what we do study what we do study <laughs> as no in choice. I finished my master's the next question was so your PhD <laughs> my mum said that to me and I said mum why would I imagine doing a PhD in HR like what a useless doctor like I would be and then they were like okay, what, what of MBE I'm like what is an MBE <laughs> like, you tell yeah, me what you MBE me. because it's like do you understand it's like you, they heard you say and I'm just like what are you saying <laughs> if you do if you do and I'm like you want me to get all these qualifications to, to get an MP or what and it's like just so many so many but do you know what I things. feel like and again because I'm not in the community I, I can't really I can't say it with as much chest but I feel that way about like when people say LGBTQIA because mm. I know there's some L's and there's some G's and some B's mm. who don't understand the T like mm. they'll tell you and for us I just think especially when you're like when you're not facts yeah when you're not like queer or you're not yeah, in the community yeah. for you we'll be, we'll be looking thinking oh yeah like why would like yeah. why would we think that you being gay would help you to understand what a trans person's experience is but, that's mm, insane they're, the, com- they're two completely you like people of the same sex you are not happy with the body that you've been born yeah. in you believe that you should be that they're literally so different listen some of the most homophobic comments i've heard has come from the community i'll tell you for free <laughs> and to to be fair it's less towards trans people it's actually more towards bisexual people they're like they're faking it they're mm. making it up like yeah. how can you like no they just don't know what they want these, these are people with the real mental issues i've heard some really interesting things and i'm yeah. like oh okay like no, so but it's it's, it's crazy, and I think I think that's their bane. I really do. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Because they grouped them all together. I don't know. They, they even added more. Way. Every but, time yeah, they add more, like, they yeah. have to stop with yeah, the plus yeah, because yeah, at yeah, this point, no. But every the, time they think there's something different, they, they need to add it to that, other. Like yeah, yeah. LGBTQIA is basically plus. It's like saying other, and that's how it is. Say bane. Yeah, other. Yeah, you can't just everything else. Not white. You can't just group. You can't just group everybody together and think that all those groups get along. Or they understand each other. It's they madness. Yeah. It's madness. Further, I think the only difference is, is, and I think the reason why I, I guess black people will probably be more offended by BAME than than the community will be affected by LGBTQ plus is because other than trans, and depending on where you are in your journey, it's not a visual difference it's not a what a visual difference oh yeah, yeah. does that make sense so it's kind of like you you when you step into a room you can't automatically tell that somebody's a part of the lgbtq plus community yeah. unless they disclose disclose it or unless it's visible the the, does their that make sense yeah. yeah whereas when i walk into the room you can automatically tell that i'm black yeah. i'm not bame i'm yeah. black yeah, yeah. it's sense. but you know i always use this example i remember i, I used to do um some work in wales because i do, I used to love freelance and whatever. So I used to go, go, go in and the lady was trying to describe, I went into the building, it was a big building and I think my work phone had died. So I dropped them an email beforehand to say, oh, my work phone's died, but I'm going to be there in about, you know, 10 minutes, you yeah. know, whatever. So when I come in, I'll be sitting at the reception. So she asked someone to come and get me from the reception. 
And the person said, what does she look like? Yeah. And hand on heart, I was waiting there for time because no one came to come get me. In my she mind, didn't say black. I didn't know this at the time, but funny enough, we had a conversation. Me, her name is actually Sarah, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> so we were talking, and she's like, "Can I be honest with you?" And she's like, "I described you in every single way possible without mentioning your race. your race." How did they do that? So I said, "How did you describe me?" She said, "Oh, I said you have long hair. This me, but I could have had my hair all back that day. Mm. And you know me, I like a ponytail." Mm-hmm. So she's like, "And I and I, you know, did she even add my stature? I can't remember what she said." And she's like, "Yeah," and I said, "You're about five five ish." She said everything but black. And I was like, if you said black, Should it was a way of Automatically, it was going to be me. I used mm. to say that. I used to say, I'm like, well, you know when, when you used to be, what did we have before? Skype for business or whatever uh. it was. Back in the day, if people were looking for me, when I work, when I work in big companies, yeah. know, I'm the black girl with the hair, curly hair. or Because it's the easiest for you to find me. Don't I be saying, saying she's the girl in the black dress. I, didn't, I <laughs> promise you, I genuinely was like her. I promise you, I was in, and I'm going to keep specifying I was in Wales. <laughs> there was no one else like like literally i was just there for so long i thank god i got there early because i was actually delivering a talk and my show was really early so they were going to get me earlier so i could just kind of like whatever but i was just like wow and i think you know we announce ourselves based on how we look yeah, yeah. so i think just even putting us in this category of bame is just stupidity wow. so i've got another dei question at the peak of 2020 and george floyd mm. how did it because f- in general, for HR, like as HR mm. professionals, it was a mad time for for yeah, all of us. Yeah, yeah. But for DEI in particular, I mean, I've never seen so many black people, Asian people, women mm. hired in mm. like so many like senior positions yeah. on the board of all these companies at one mm. time. How was it like being in DEI at that time? Very triggering, and that's the best way to put it because it was like we've been saying this for so long. And it literally took a man dying. And you remember there was that American politician who said something stupid, like, you know, basically saying that if it wasn't for his death, like his death basically was a good... He didn't, she didn't say it was a good thing, but she said something so out of hand. Like he was that, a saviour. Like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. you know, his death basically saved so many people. Are you all right? Like, mm. Data for years has been saying this, but still... Yeah, like it was the first one. Do you understand? It wasn't even the first one that month. It wasn't the first one. But I think it was just the fact that it was during COVID. Yeah. Everyone was at home. Everyone was at home. Everyone was already angry. Mm -hmm. Everyone was angry. But I feel like I remember speaking to one of my colleagues when I worked in a bigger DEI team and my only other black colleague. And I was just like, why does it feel like they want to do more for us, but we're doing all the work for them to do more for us? Yes. Tell us what is your experience. Educate us. Like oh, asking, coming to ask you questions. I'm like, like when Google is free and there's there's consultants that you can pay. My well being is very important. Yeah. Do you understand? Like, so you're asking me what my experience is without figuring out. Okay, when she speaks about this experience, this could have brought up trauma. This could. Have, you're not asking that. You're basically using me for, as an entertainment means. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden now, you want to start doing things like putting up like pictures of black lawyer oh stop it like it's just, it just yeah, felt very very yeah, yeah, like yeah. okay you're just Perf- taking a pop. it was so performative yep. it was so performative and then when these big brands as great as it was were saying that if you don't do x y and z we're gonna pull our work from you like again that was just more work it was more work and and unfortunately it was the black people within DEI who had to deal with it and if you didn't have a DEI company in your company talk to a lot of my black friends who worked in and like from any department compliance whatever it was they were being called upon yeah like it was a cycle. that's crazy isn't it that's mad. actually mad it's it's mad and there's a difference between asking someone or even just like sense checking 
and relying on somebody to give you mm. everything. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, that, that time was very, very hard. Um, yeah, that was that was that was rubbish time. It was just rubbish. I feel like it would have even been worse as a black DEI person. Because even as a black any person, mm. someone who even outside of HR, mm. people are looking at you for answers that like you don't have. Mm-hmm. I saw this really interesting like clip of Daniel Kaluuya and if you've seen it he's like why are you asking me someone who loves black people mm. why people don't like black shop? people yeah they, it, I can't I don't know what the it was the shop LeBron show LeBron James yeah show. I don't know but yeah he was like why are you asking me someone who loves black people why people don't black like black people, black people? Like I don't people. know like, no, be asking, I, I asking yourselves yeah the worst was that unconscious bias training <laughs> those people made those people made so much money so much money uh, they made so much money <laughs> Like <laughs> they made bank, like made bank, so and half these people's bias is very, very conscious. That could take extremely. Up for, that could take up for free. I did a bad, I did a bad one. There was a company that we hired to do. We was gonna do a bunch of them, a bunch of different types of training. But we was like, oh, let's just start with this. Let's see what yeah. unconscious bias training looks like. It was terrible, and it was like I just remember thinking, you people are stealing from me. No, it's theft. <laughs> do you want stealing? But your no. company, you know what's so bad? Depending on. Where you work, the quality doesn't even matter. Just so they can say, say it's a tick it. box exercise. It. Like, and I that's was, why I can't stand them. I will say this like very freely. Like I've in all my years working in DEI, I have seen what is requested from clients. So sometimes when you think you're just doing this unconscious bias because you want unconscious bias training in your organization, a client, maybe one that's bringing the company millions, has said we want you to run unconscious bias training mm. for your people. So the standard at that point doesn't matter. It's anyone who can do it. Yeah. Because you you're know thinking... Yeah, sometimes it just makes me want to steal. Because no, I, facts. I can run unconscious bias facts. training. We can run facts. unconscious bias training. No, but I'm not going to lie. Steal. I feel like you, sh- you should because I would hire you guys. I have a budget. You guys run unconscious bias training. Listen. Because I'm, I'm all for... The, the unconscious bias training that you that I would do... It's not the you same. You would feel uncomfortable. Oh, but that's why I need to feel uncomfortable. I wouldn't... <laughs> so... In all my years of working, I've only taken one unconscious bias training that I think was actually impactful. One in all my mm. big fearless futures, they're called, yeah. Okay. It was in a room, mm. no books, no pens, no screen, no nothing. nothing. Just different types of people in a room from different backgrounds. And we did things like um we had to close our eyes. We're all standing in the line and it was like step forwards if you had black Barbies growing up no sorry step back if you if you didn't have toys that represented you growing up step forward if your parents went to uni and graduated step back if you paid your own student loan it was stuff like that and then at the end we had to open our eyes and see where everybody was standing so this is this is basically where you started in life like and all the people who were like black or there was a few people who um I think someone was visually impaired like but we were all at the back yeah. of the room. Mm. Then all the like straight white people was towards the front. Yeah. And mm. then it was things like I I feel more offended if I'm called a racist than if I I'm actually being racist. That was mad. I made someone cry. Like it was mm. it was mad uncomfortable. Mm. It's the it's the most impactful one I've done. That's how it should be. It's yeah. Yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, and also yeah. all this unconscious bias. I feel like even calling 
Even calling it unconscious I'm bias training, you, yeah. That is not make, unconscious. That is to make white, mainly white people feel comfortable. Feel comfortable. Yeah, so it's that, not unconscious. So they can't go and say, let's go and beat the racism out of you. Let's beat Facts. the homophobia. Let's beat all Facts. of this stuff out of you. You can't say that. So it's much more palatable and to easy for unconscious. people to accept. To it's say, an oh, excuse. We all have unconscious biases. Facts. It's an so excuse. It's not something to feel my, bad my, about. My mm. bias is not. <laughs> not unconscious like no. if man, I, if man is very conscious <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm very aware please <laughs> we're not the same you know i would yeah, say there are some things that you maybe you are you don't know your bias about right the, and that's a very small percentage mm. the rest of it you're very it's not very, even bias. it's preference very, it's, it's preference it's not it's conscious preference mm. that you're calling unconscious bias it's conscious bias and yeah. conscious you, preference and pre- like literally yeah. prejudice when no you're facts. hiring people in your own image that's not unconscious that's bias not unconscious. that's your preference yeah. because you feel more comfortable around people that Listen. you feel you can identify is, yeah, with when people will say it they'll be like even like certain things have become so normalized in how we talk about mm. them like when we talk about being a, a culture fit or the right fit mm. for the team like that's just like the it's now the that's not what it should be, mm. but it's now the more palatable way to say, yeah, you're my kind of person. Mm. And we know what we're doing. No, so then to sit in a room and start talking about unconscious bias. That's, just, that's bias it's, is very it's conscious. Mad, it's madness. But we should we should start doing it. We should start because me. But we'll I, make I'll make you I'll make you feel mad uncomfortable. Like this, don't don't come though. to my training and feel like <laughs> It's gonna be a tick box. To be honest, I feel like if you go to (laughs) no, bring the tissue, let them cry. I feel like if you go to unconscious bias training and you leave there like smiling, there's something wrong. Yeah, no, it's true. Something has happened. That's wrong. It's true. It's true. It can't be that way. It's true. It cannot be that way. (laughs) No, but that's how it is. And people, people be stealing. Oh no, it is. But I think there's so much. There's so much tick. If I was, if I was wanted to be a villain in this life, yeah, there's so much tick boxy stuff that putting like. A black face too, mm. you can make money from. Like yeah. there's mm-hmm. there's people making money, but from when now you add your black person on top of it, they even feel like they're doing more for the community. Yeah, yeah they do, they do. Like, like DIA used to be a very white woman dominated space. Yeah. yeah. Now you're seeing more black people coming. Even though we were just talking about the art, like, yeah, art yeah, yeah. Out, yeah. Like, black people are unfortunately black women are getting dropped from roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but now when you put black people there is kind of like a selling point for a company. Mm. Oh, God, that's great! You know, can we can we can we plug that Black History mm. Month? That's that's the person that you can get on the if you can get anyone on the board or in the league. Yeah, yeah, it's the, always them. It's always them. Yeah, the, yeah. the diversity, equity, and inclusion officer, or whatever, like the yeah. chief, chief DNI person or whatever. But it's too much, man. You feel like you're like the like. You feel like okay, you've got Martin Luther King. Yeah, sorry, I'm really taking it. <laughs> the Rosa Parks. You got all these people who really paved the way, and you know you got the. Um, Harriet Tubman you got all these people and then you have this thing when you're in the corporate world where you have that guilt where you feel like oh even I'm tired I'm going to sit on this panel because if I don't sit on this panel it's just going to be a panel of white interviewees mm. and they might be biased oh I'm just going to go to this meeting because if not everyone's going to be white so you end up doing way more work mm. than anyone else and you're still expected to meet objectives mm. and you're still expected to like excel and be okay and this is why I'm like you don't really get it because people are really really working overtime within their set time mm. does that make sense so you're, you're doing way more than everyone else because you have this guilt you have this like oh uh, like i have to pave the way and i have to make everything right but it, like you shouldn't have to do that mm. and so when they bring stuff like unconscious bias training they're doing it so hopefully 
you know, even if it is only white people on the panel, if a black person comes, they're not going to be disadvantaged. Yeah. That's the mindset that they or, have. I think it's not even that. Like, if a black person comes, they're going to be disadvantaged. I think it's more, even a little bit more sinister, a bit more mm. risk protecting themselves. But like, if a black person says mm. that they have been disadvantaged, we can counter it with no, but we've been, we've had we, unconscious we, bias training. To be fair, I've, I've I feel like sometimes I feel like it's more like that to say that we've done it now. So, you know, we've covered ourselves a lot mm. of the time. And with, and with the client thing. But this like is why I, I say DEI can't sit in HR. This is why I say DEI can't sit in HR. This is, you, it should be its own function. I agree. I you agree. You know what? I th- it is true because yeah. HR are too, tr- too risk averse. They're too, yeah, we have too much of ourselves in protecting the company's yep. reputation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can't sit 100%. in. 100%. It, it shouldn't sit yeah, in HR, the, yeah, the, the, DNI, the DEI function should be able to drag everybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like we should be able to say everybody single at one day. Don't make sense. No facts. We can. We should literally be able to say this doesn't make sense. No, this is what happened. You know, but unfortunately, the reputation of the company, HR. Mm. You know, I was saying to Velisa that I actually think like my company now. I'm not just saying that because I work here, work there. It's probably one company where people actually like HR. Like, you did say that. Yeah, there's a few (laughs) odd people who may not but HR is genuinely for the people which is what it's supposed to be like right mm. um and that makes it easier for me because I almost turned down my role because of doing that in nature like I did a big when I was at the law society I worked with so many firms to take DEI out of HR mm. because what we found is that it, it stopped being DEI and started being, being like a marketing tool yeah, yeah. Like, so yeah. what's the yeah. point do you know what I mean yeah. so imagine now I felt like a hypocrite but I thought you know let me see how it goes and whatever and thankfully it's worked out that you know people actually like HR and actually people do see me as my own function that's just the truth that's good but honestly DI should not sit in HR I for agree. that reason that I agree sun- it, no that is so so valid it's true it shouldn't yeah it shouldn't because you'll just end up being having the same priorities as HR to protect the co- yeah to yeah yeah I guess make experience for employees as good as it can be yeah. but also thinking about the company and you do need to be able to 100%. criticize the company Facts. i want to be able to say that mom's going on maternity leave i want her to have coaching it's going to cost x amount of money and you're going to pay it i want i want us i want them to come back and if they have no clients i can literally advocate for that person as opposed to advocate for the team who maybe mm. took her clients away because they thought she couldn't cope with it mm. i want to be able to say okay if you think she can't cope what support are you giving her mm. like how are you handling it? how are you dealing with it hr should be like that though as but well. hr should be like that and but and in some companies it is but in some it isn't mm. and it, when it where it isn't because even that technically isn't actually dei dei come in on that because obviously maternity motherhood falls into like dei mm. but like i want to be able to really like if hr HR aren't supporting you okay I'm gonna come and I'm gonna push it mm. do you know what I mean I'm gonna advocate for you but when you're in the same function it looks like your your house is divided yeah 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 that's true me I, mean, I like to fight anyway so I love that for you you, you have you I really believe that you have to you have to be able to tussle yeah yeah because people will just act mad like people act like they don't have sense when it comes to DI especially when it comes to spending money it's like everybody wants to do with this thing all these, all these wonderful things on some shooting spends. budget mm. like bring money then but it's crazy so <laughs> I, I I like to fight but I'm also everyone's friend mm. and I very strategically 
and all the work in DI, make friends with all your business, all of the different areas. Because I've ha- I've made some other parts of the business pay for myself. I love that. Absolutely, I love that. They should if, if they're the ones that are going to benefit. Absolutely, yeah. your budget is humongous. Mine <laughs> isn't, so yeah. let's work together. Humongous. But you can't <laughs> do humongous. that. <laughs> you can't do that unless you actually, as a person, are you know. I always say this, black people sometimes let themselves down. Like we don't like to network with people who don't look like us. You, you kind of need to. Yeah. So sure. I network with everyone. Like I remember in one of my meetings, my manager said, how do you know more people than I do in this organization? I said, because I talk to everybody. And because I have to. And mm. I have to. And also mm. until my office became more diverse and I was one of the few people coming to the office, I literally, I literally like I stood out. You know, when I go to our other offices, I definitely stand out. So mm-hmm. they know who I am. Sarah Longa, you know who I am. But I'm like, you have to make friends in high places because if you say, if you want to work in DEI and you're watching this podcast, make friends in high places. Yeah. No, I agree. I am. Um, so I just came back from Las Vegas for work. People are asking where you are. I didn't even mention. I just said, "Lisa's yeah. not here." At the end of the episode, I went to Las Vegas and how saw was that? How long? It was fantastic. Was that for work? I know you can't tell. Yes, it was for work. I make the most of my work trips. He does. So, how much you pay for Asha? Apparently, it was that. I'm not saying on air. I'll tell you after. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! So, guys, I was trying to help you lot, but <laughs> no. But um, so yeah, I I went initially for work, but I had a lot of fun. Um, but my manager, um, I was saying to her because it was like a massive conference mm. where I wasn't actually involved. My role there was just if anything happened, come to ER kind mm. of thing. And I was like, oh, I was saying to my, do I have to like? socialize with like yeah. <laughs> the other you know hr people blah blah because i was feeling the way like mm. not that I, I don't like them but i just didn't know them yeah and my friend was coming yeah. with me to vegas mm. so i just felt like i'm good do you yeah, know what yeah, i mean yeah. and she was just like you know like you, sh- you should expose yourself to like That's different people now that i've taken on um like australia yeah, etc yeah, yeah. as well like she was like you know and they decided for the work party that they were going to dress as minions from despicable me so you know that was going to be the one day <laughs> <laughs> that was gonna, that was going to be the one day that i Your was gonna face. i dedicated to like you know i'm really going to Im- embrace the yeah. team what and get you wore dungarees and i did go as a, i did go as a minion i did no but what is I wore, no, what did you wear you i wore dungarees i wore the I goggles a picture let's see i'm definitely you know, not I can, I can see it being cute, I, i'll show you but after not, no. did your hair like this no i had the ponytail no you have to you have to ask a picture but when i was leaving like one of the women was like you know it was so nice like spending time with you and getting it's to know you it's important so i was like you know what i'm i'm glad i dressed as a minion it's so no, but it's really important, and I think this one is valid. I that for no reason. Listen, I don't know whose idea that was, but there's a lot of minions. It worked though. You like all came as minions. I'm glad it was calm because you know I can see like a certain demographic of people just painting their face yellow. That's why I was like, no. Oh, there were some. There were some. There were some yellow. I know. I knew it. Yeah, there was some. There was some yellow painting face black. Yeah. That part, <laughs> that part. There was no black faces. Oh, thank God! Yeah, nah. it was great. People really just saw like Cruella and like Spider Man. It was really good. People really. Wait, so who dresses minions then? Just HR. Well, no, the HR team decided to go as minions, but there were other teams who also decided to go as minions. Uh, also, because you had to come as a film character. Okay, oh, well, Cruella, so Cruella's just, a strong one. Yes, oh. people had like fake Dalmatians and stuff. I might have gone with. Um, I wanted to be Barbie, by the way. I, 
putting out there. Oh yeah, yeah. Minions was decided. Yeah, I was annoyed if I planted those Barbie and then someone asked me to be a minion. And I saw Barbie and Ken's there, but it's all good. I would have gone as um Dion from Clueless. Okay, oh, well, shit. I like that. Look at me. Yeah. Yeah. Look at me picking Dion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look at you. I want to be the main character. I'm telling you, you want to be the main character. Now here it's still. Listen, I always say this: like networking, taking one for the team, doing things that make you feel uncomfortable. So last October for Black History Month, I did like a diaspora series on my um on my it's gonna call it YouTube on my Instagram, and like I just for for every working day, I put up one tip of you know um. What was it called? Things I don't tell second generation diasporas. Oh, I diaspora, saw this. Yeah, I enjoyed in that. In the workplace. Yeah. And one of the things that I think was most viewed and most spoken about in the comments and DMs was the networking and work drinks. Mm. Because I was just like, listen, as black people, especially if you don't drink, yeah, so if you're like, you don't drink whatever, you excuse yourself from these events and then you wonder why you don't get the team joke or you wonder why when it's time to go for probation, not probation, promotion and stuff, like yours is a bit delayed. Mm. Like a lot of these things are based on relationship. Mm. So if you want to excel in the workplace, your network is very important. Your competencies mm. obviously are also important. Yeah. Like do up all of your qualifications and work hard, all that good stuff. But your network is also very important. Like why are you invisible? Like how are you, <laughs> how are you? It's true. It's true. How are you the only black person in the team and still no one knows who you are? No. Mm. When, do you know what? Yeah. And that's one thing I'll say you can get to the end of the year and they're saying, oh, you need to be more visible. And you're like, sir, I'm black. I'm visible. I'm very visible. So it's not like they, they can see you, but they don't yeah. see you. And Do you, you know, know what, what I it's, mean? It's annoying because a part of you is like, <laughs> yeah, click the little perch there. They see you, but they don't see you. Open the door, close oh, the door. I, I am so confused. If you don't know, you're too young. <laughs> no, but literally like, I just think I can't remember. I'm trying to thought it's gone. I can't remember. <laughs> you see, yeah. look. I was gonna say I didn't wanted to join bad gang. You forgot yeah. in your training oh, yeah, before. Yeah, yeah so it's annoying because in your mind you're thinking, are you people alright? Like you make effort with me for once, but unfortunately we're not in that position where we can yeah. expect them to do that for mm. us. So we have to do it, and I think the diaspora part is really important because we that our parents told us work, 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 study, study, study. Like we think that it's all that, and, mm, and it's that head down, The workplace is not hierarchical. Like it's not not hierarchical. It's not um um based on meritocracy. Yeah, yeah, it's not based on meritocracy. Like so, all of that that got you far in your education is not going to get you far in the workplace. Mm. So you need to literally unlearn these things. And if you're first generation or second generation and your parents didn't work in a corporate field, there's no one teaching you these things. There's no one telling you that, nah, you need to be able to have certain conversations. You need to be able to joke about the fact that you don't know anything about golf because even yeah, that is yeah. even allowing you to Mine access that. Mine was skiing. Mine was skiing. They, they, was they skiing. tried that. Skiing and sailing. Like, they'll Listen. be like, oh, yeah, we're going to And I'll just be like, oh, I've never been. Like, to be honest, I'm not really, I don't really like snow. Because like, I work like? in DEI, I make black jokes mm. there and they laugh so uncomfortably, but I love that for them and me. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, black people, we don't ski. We don't like oh, and, and, you, and I make a joke. Yeah, yeah. And there's always that one black person black like, ice ski, and I'm like, yeah, yeah he's the exception. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that in itself brings up conversation. Yeah. They ask, okay, so what kind of holidays did, did you do? And mm. sometimes I'll make up Number. holidays. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, this is what I did. They'll be like, oh, what was a child? I'm like, I went to Nigeria. Yeah. And I went to America to see my auntie Maryland. You know what's really funny, yeah? We got Maryland. We got Maryland. We have a DM booth there. I've been, I've seen it so many times, yeah. But whenever you're on, 
um went to Nigeria chart. There always be one random white man. Like, when I was young, I spent a lot of time in Nigeria. <laughs> my oh, dad, my, my dad was in the military, or my dad I, was an expat poster. If I had, there so many white men in Nigeria, if I had one pound for every, time, for every oh my gosh, I spent a lot of my childhood in Nigeria. <laughs> yeah, when I was I had there, a lecturer. we used to go down to the beach, and we used to yeah. do all of this. And I like what beach, sir? <laughs> I like you. Uh, what company do you work for? Shell, yeah, one of those companies, always Shell or Chevron. I had a lecturer. <laughs> you know, it's deep, but even I went to do my masters, and I went in, and that's another thing. Even in my masters, one of my um modules, I was the only black person on the course. I said he, these guys tapped anyway. He was just like, oh, <laughs> he was like, oh, you Nigerian? I'm like, okay, yeah. And Alonga is not like a very obvious yeah, yeah, Nigerian yeah, yeah. surname, but I was like, yeah, I am. He goes, yeah, you guys love a masters, and so obviously we all laughed. Oh gosh, really funny, but I just want I'm laughing with you. And he's just like, yeah, you know. I went to Nigeria to go and help with the health care, blah, 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 blah. Did we ask? No one asked. He said, but what he said afterwards was even worse. He was like, but I realised that the only way Nigeria will ever change the policies is if you get to know the mistresses of those in power. And I'm like... Wow. I mean, there's there's some truth in it, but damn. I mean, he told no lies whatsoever. (laughs) But my thing is, how dare you? Yeah, don't don't tell me that. The mistresses of those in power. Well, maybe if you get to... I mean, for for this particular... Unfortunately, That's at the time it was actually known this particular minister that he, like you know, his mistresses, because there was secretary. a lot, of, there was a lot of um, um, rumors that maybe the mistresses were putting something in his drink because anything they say, <laughs> you know, you know, but you know, in my mind, I just had like, no one actually asked you, mm. and if I dared speak about your politicians who give all of their it's mates true. jobs and stuff, it's true. I, it will be I'll a, probably yeah. get a, yeah. a disciplinary it's true. or something. Do you know what I mean? It's so true. what we're we doing here? But yeah, it's bare. Yeah, it's, I've said it so yeah, many them. times that That's you just hilarious. Think, and the thing is. You're, when people have lived in Nigeria or been around Nigeria, yeah. they can. My name is the name that you'll recognize, yeah. first and last name. And so they're asking me, "Oh, where are you from? You know where I'm from. You know, know. you live there. You know where I'm from." Mm. But, oh yeah, just don't tell me your. Just give me your nostalgic Nigeria story. They, they want to confirm they so they can go confirm. in. Yeah, yeah, just so that they can tell you that mm-hmm. they went to Nigeria. I went to India in 2014. I promise you, I don't meet Indians and say, "Oh, I went um, to India." Oh, Prina, where are you from? Like, <laughs> tell where are you from. Oh, oh, India. <laughs> oh, oh, I went to India once. It's given I have a black friend. That's yes, it's literally. Yeah. I was telling someone the other day. That's my my worst fear is that I am someone's black friend. So someone is outside oh. doing the madness, and then do you when think you're go, someone's black friend? I can never be someone's black <laughs> friend, but you you never know. It could be one of your colleagues. My yeah. actual friends that are not black would never name me as their black friend. Yeah, like they're doing a madness. It will be friends. a colleague It'll that a is colleague. not your friend. That's wild. There will yeah. be someone who's like, oh yeah, like they do something reckless. I've got a black friend. Oh, who are Valisa? Mm. That's crazy. Don't, don't, have a, if <laughs> any of you don't ever speak on my name, I have an ex colleague that is more than capable. <laughs> we weren't even friends, but I know she would name drop me in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, yeah, I have, I have, I have Do black you know friends. Watch Love Island. I have to get into my bag Why is my name even in your mouth? <laughs> like when you're talking why? about yourself. It's true. That's it's what, true. That's, that's what you have to get. It's into. true. Keep my name Keep out my name of my mouth. Completely out. But it, it, there'll be. I know. The thing is, I know that there will be somebody. Mm. There's always, all of us will have someone that we are that oh. we would deem a colleague, if not even an acquaintance. Not even an associate that's out there friends. telling people they have a black friend that's using our cr- name. That's crazy. That's, I'm deep in it. <laughs> I feel quite like, you no, know. No, but it's true. I believe all of us violated. have one. I feel all of us have one. Yes, like, so. all of us have one. My, my actual friends would never do it because they know that you, I was standing to let you get beat up if you No, it's, it's a straight fact. Damn. Who'd I so, report this so, to? Um, so, what I've learned is <laughs> no, what I've learned about 
um, DEI is you have to be passionate. Yeah. You have to have patience. Mm-hmm. You have to network. Mm-hmm. You have to be balanced in your approach. Yep. You have to have money. Yeah. <laughs> like there's data is a very strong very, tool. Very strong. There's a, like a lot, like. A lot of Before reporting. Up, can I just ask one thing? Yeah. Yeah, can you actually just wrap up? I, how do I put this? So a lot of people want to do dni mm. a lot of black people because they feel like they will get to advocate for other black people mm. my experience of dni is that there's so many different things and depending nice. on the agenda of the company uh-huh. you could be talking about anything anything so you could be a, for instance, a man in dni working on women's issues mm-hmm. or a, you could be a black person that could mm-hmm. have been why you joined and now you're working on lgbtqia mm-hmm. plus stuff Mm-hmm. So like how like how do you manage that and are there like specific roles that people can go into mm-hmm. if they have specific passions or certain things that they want to focus on? Yeah, if you've only have specific passions, then Dia is just I, I, sorry, it's not for you. Um, you can maybe find funny enough when I was at the Law Society, they actually had specific people for specific areas, mm-hmm. but then they introduced a rotation system, meaning that you, at, every year you get something new. Just so you're well-versed in DEI. So you can't say that you're going to work in DEI, but you never want to do anything around disability or you never want to do anything about LGBTQ+. I'm a minister. I'm a born-again Christian. Everyone knows that. And one of the questions people ask me all the time is, how do you navigate pride? How do you navigate mm. LGBTQ+, mm. issues? I'm like, rephrase the question. Like, what do you mean, how do I navigate? It's my job. It's my role. Yeah. And I always ask this question, okay, as a Christian, would you be okay with somebody being, you know, maltreated, because of the fact that they're different from you or they have mm, different yeah. views or no one is telling you and this is what i always tell people right no one is telling you to kind of go in there and automatically be an expert or mm. even understand fully you're there to advocate for these people mean that you do have to learn you do have to ask people within the community you do have to do your own research because mm. the same way that you wouldn't expect you know um everyone to ask the black person about my race the same way you, you shouldn't go to the the visibly impaired person and be like oh yes as a wheelchair user like how do you navigate this no you <laughs> you have to be willing well. to educate yourself yeah. on all issues of dei mm. and just know that there are going to be some areas that you are not familiar with mm-hmm. there are going to be some areas that make make you feel uncomfortable mm. right but at the end of the day you are there for a purpose and that's to ensure that your organization is as diverse as equitable as an inclusive as every as as it should be like the e and dei equity is really about understanding that not everyone starts in the same same place mm-hmm. and your 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 whole approach is that you're giving people the resources the support in order for them to get to the place that they mm-hmm. need to be so if you have a problem with supporting people from particular groups because you don't agree with it dei is not for you mm-hmm. Can, sorry on that though like kind of turning it mm-hmm. round what because you work for a global company yeah. right so how do you manage it when for example it is pride mm. and a country or yeah country like uae mm. is saying like you know we don't yeah how do you then navigate that so most current example some things can i even say this i think where it's actually illegal we don't okay we don't touch it so mm. The networks, which, which, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. the networks are allowed to do whatever they want internally. Oh, okay, okay. Whatever you want to do, 
So at those, those are the times where the ERG groups will, exactly okay. have some value. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And trust me, they do. Okay. Right? But externally, we're not saying nada because mm. it's, it's illegal. And mm. I work at a law firm. So mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and actually the headquarters of my firm, like I was saying to you guys before, we, we um, came in airs, like it's an offshore law firm. So actually, in, in fairness, like issues around LGBTQ plus only really became you know a thing in the past couple of years because we've got more presence in europe and mm. things like that so in actual fact it is still quite new yeah. to the company so i'll be honest the heavy lifting for pride and everything does come from ergs mm. you know my role is just looking after the budget <laughs> my role yeah. is you know literally like sense checking things because i'm big on like okay you may not get their pronouns but this is the person's pronouns for goodness sake like you know that that's that, right you know, yeah my role is that putting that listen this is where my hr hat comes on we're not trying to catch a case because you are refusing yeah yeah to the, to yeah. respect like yeah. we're not in we're in we're in london so yeah. don't think you're going to be protected by laws from other countries mm. you're in london you cannot discriminate against yeah. anybody so i make sure that I, you know, update policies and all that kind of stuff and do stuff like toolkits um, around, you know, inclusive language and everything like that. So actually the heavy lifting for Pride and LGBTQ plus issues and everything does come from my ERGs. I think that, you know, that's because of where I work. I think if I worked anywhere else, it probably wouldn't. Yeah. Because it's such a huge agenda. And I think if I'm being honest with you, I think it is disproportionate. Um, and that has nothing to do with my views or anything. Mm. That's more so the fact that I think that the percentage of people that it would actually benefit yeah. or affect. Yeah, hundred percent. And what's so funny is everyone automatically thinks that my passion point is race. Obviously, it's, it's there. I always say I'm black before I'm a woman because um, I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the areas that I really, really am passionate about is disability. Mm. I think I could talk about this for hours. But the truth of the matter is, it's, companies just aren't there yet. They're doing a bit around mental health and if they're ticking the disability, mm-hmm. you're not, you know. So I think it's really just knowing that you do have to do for the company, and when you do what the company wants, your agenda, or what you're passionate about, can then come in. Mm. And again, it's around the whole data piece, like mm. make a business case, and then yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank That's you. so informative. Yeah. So before we completely wrap up what is it's going to come up on the screen but what is your instagram your tiktok where can people find you so you can find me on instagram sarah longer underscore because apparently there's another sarah longer which there isn't whoa is she? who is she now it's who one little she? girl she looks about six and a half i'm not even joking <laughs> like i've even messaged like i don't want to do the wrong thing but we'll, we'll report her like, i was like please like what's happening bro okay. um so sarah longer underscore on um on Instagram and threads. Yes. Oh, you got threads we're as well. We're on threads. We're on threads. Lola is on threads. Listen, everybody is on threads. I love it. I haven't looked at it. it. I'm, I'm not involved. Threads. Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. 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 Because it's given Twitter before Twitter became toxic. toxic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds boring. Are you not on it yet? I'll stick to my toxic Twitter. I'll be You'll be number two. Yeah, but you like stuff like that. I do. Didn't you hear me talking about the space like I'm, yeah I'm it's all a for nice it. safe space on twitter when they, start, when, they, when they start restricting it so you can only see 50 tweets a day you'll be then you'll know <laughs> all of a sudden anyway sha on twitter uh, belly use it sarah longer tiktok sarah longer youtube um currently only actively on my podcast which is atm pod 
and what do you talk about on ATM pods? It stands for the All That Matters podcast. Mm-hmm. So it's literally speak about everything from careers, finance, relationships, friendships is a big one that's coming up recently. Um, yeah, me and my various guest co-hosts. You should come on it one day. Um, <laughs> wow, she's already invited herself. She really invited I did. Herself. You really did that trick. It's my time up. Like, she put her hand up. Um, and yeah, Lisa, I'm an author. So if you want to get a copy of my book, it's on Amazon. It's called Behind the, the Scenes. Buy the book. Behind the Scenes. Behind the Scenes on Amazon. Although it's based on real life, it felt like a movie. I think you should Everyone try and make it into that. a film. Yeah. It is. It's, it's yeah. So, so fun fact, I'm finally recording an Audible because I didn't realize how many people really wanted that Audible. And even just narrating it is like, it actually sounds like a movie, but it was my real life. <laughs> can, just to leave it on the cliffhanger, can you just tell us a little bit about what the book is about, just so people can go by it? <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, don't. go on. We won't explain anything. We'll, it's it has nothing to do with DEI. Um, behind the Scenes is a memoir about... Um, what happens behind the scenes of a picture perfect relationship so i speak about my experience of having my wedding called off six days before the wedding and yeah how i got through that and what led to that because she's still standing she's glowing she's here <laughs> by the book that's right guys <laughs> Bye. thanks for having me